Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny B. From all of us in the writing community, we just think you're amazing because you put your heart and soul into everything you talk about on this amazing show. The podcast has over 50,000 listeners every month. I love coming on your show and I love talking about it. Oh my God, I finally get to speak about it. Talk about all the things that I've been with by myself for so long. I mean, you provide that opportunity to so many of us and, you know, always are an amazing host. We chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. But most of all, we have real conversations and we have a laugh. I'm feeling sick. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here and sharing the journey. Welcome to the Words and Nerds podcast, where we bring literary goodness straight to your ears. Today, I'm super excited to welcome Ingrid Laguna, author and educator. Her memoir, Serenade for a Small Family, was awarded a Varuna Fellowship and after publication, the Age Nonfiction Book of the Week. Songbird was Ingrid's debut children's fiction novel and was released in May 2019. It was given notable recognition by the Children's Book Council of Australia and shortlisted for Speech Pathology, Australia's Book of the Year Award 2021. She's also author of Bailey Finch Takes a Stand and we talk about Kid and Arlo Find a Way, co-created with Vanessa Hamilton. The wonderful Ingrid Laguna, how are you? I'm fab. Thanks, Danny. Great to be here. Great Great to be back. I know. We talked about Bailey Finch um, months and months ago, last year sometime. And I know just Mm -hmm. we had this great chat and we just connected over so many things and we've since met in real life. And I don't know if that was a good thing. We might be the best, worst (laughs) influence on each other. (laughs) Yeah, I think a little bit. I'm going to say, yeah, great, bad. Great, bad. (laughs) Great, bad. Best, worst influence. We need matching T-shirts, I think. Yeah, best, worst influence. (laughs) In fact, the, the caps should be on the worst, but the yes. best, worst, best, worst. <laughs> this could be a book. I don't know. <laughs> totally. It's a larrikin. Yeah. <laughs> well, we want to talk about your new book, though, which is really important, Kit and Arlo Find a Way. So before we get into all the deep stuff and all, we'll probably just go on a tangent and forget we're even talking about a book. But while, we, while our brains are here, <laughs> hit me with an elevator pitch. Oh, elevator pitch. Um, so oh yeah, there's no point holding up the book. I was going to hold up the book to show everyone because I'm so bright. I'm so smart. Um, Kit and I find a way. Um, it, it, it's teaching consent to 8 to 12-year-olds. Literally, that's part of the time to way, teaching consent to 8 to 12-year-olds. So it is for both parents and kids. It is a kind of a twin narrative, you might say. So um, it's the, the sort of part of the marketing blurb is that Kit and Arlo's secret weapon is that it is a relatable and engaging page-turning chapter book with, you know, a full story arc and engaging characters um, that embodies all the key principles of consent in a child-friendly format, like in mm-hmm. all, all the principles of consent that are relevant to children, you know, all of, all of which are relevant to, to everyone, but yeah. in a way that they're delivered in a way that's kid-friendly. So, the, so it's this story and then at the back of the book there's these um, each chapter has accompanying uh, discussion prompts and like that are so the so and there's also a dedicated digital platform that comes with the book so there's a kitten arlo dedicated dedicated digital platform with um additional like 13 additional lessons uh videos by vanessa my co-writer so yes i should have mentioned straight up uh the book is co-written with uh, the amazing vanessa hamilton she's absolutely i'm so i feel really I've learned so much from her. She's she's a, a sexuality and consent 
and respectful relationships expert. She's been wow. Uh, yeah, she's been a sexuality health nurse for 25 years, and she's she is flat out um, educating parents um, and uh, look everyone across the field who you know sex and reproductive health um, education. Uh, it, she's flat out doing educating people on sexuality and on consent um, around Australia. She's amazing. Mm. And she's very candid, very contemporary in her understanding. She's very bold. Um, and I approached her at the start of 2021 because I had seen her speaking um, about, this is so, I've gone way beyond the pitch now, but anyway, I'll keep going. That's <laughs> fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when my daughter was nine, I saw Vanessa at a parent's thing about how to talk to your kids about sex, basically. And I was, I was going, okay, what, what this will be what it is. Um, and she just blew me away because she was just so um, straight talking, contemporary, um, and she opened my eyes and, and the way I thought about how we talk to our kids. Um, and she, she was, it was so refreshing, you know, it was mm. incredible. So when I thought, because I was thinking, you know, in early 2021, because like too many women I know, I've had my share of non-consensual sexual experiences yep. mm -hmm. that have, you know, will remain with me for life. And um, I'm still very angry and uh, upset. Um, and, and I'd so, be surprised if 99% of women didn't have that experience. Right? Mm. That is the thing, you know. And I guess, and it's quite amazing that that, that, that is the case. And, you know, same with my, my mother and, yeah. Um, so I, when I, appro I approached Vanessa and just because I knew that she was, I just had such respect for her knowledge and her her bold, the way that she's willing to, to sort of, um, discuss this stuff with the world and, and how passionate she is in the field so I said do you want to write a book on consent with me and she said hell yes essentially <laughs> in her own in her own words um and that she wanted to and we got together because we sort of were like well how are we going to do this I said I don't want to be a ghostwriter but I'm really passionate on the subject and I'm a storyteller and what was really fantastic was that Vanessa said well here's the thing we need to start it consent education um is it's we learn about consent in the playground mm. so you know the obvious thing is to kind of go oh consent education we should target you know maybe 15 16 year olds so that they they learn how to not you know go yeah touch each other inappropriately yes let's say that yeah. um so so the 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 general kind of association around the word consent is straight to, to sex and sexuality mm, yeah um and you know with good reason that's what it has been and what's happening is that there's a shift and there's an opening up of the dialogue and that's what really needs to happen because consent as 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 i've learned from vanessa consent is about relationships and it's about being human right it's about it's about how you are in the world with other people and how you negotiate everything that you do it's so broad it's about empathy um, respect um being an upstander rather than a bystander um, managing your disappointment when someone changes their mind um verbal and non-verbal cues and all, and all of those topics are basically woven into the story so yeah basically when i got together with vanessa and um, we and to, to talk about how we were going to do this she sort of said well she gave me one scenario which was two kids playing a game and one of them changes their mind right and so I and she said let's use Lego because this is one that she uses in the classroom so I wrote a chapter with the, I met these characters and wrote a chapter one of them turns up with a Lego set that she's found at the op shop and together they go 
oh, this is so fun. And they're making the Lego um, spaceship. This is really fun. Let's do it today. And they both go, yeah, yeah, today, today. We'll finish it today. And they keep going and they get close to finishing. They get close to finishing. There's no direct reference to sex, but clearly mm. it's analogous, as yeah. is the whole entire book. Kids don't know that and they don't need to. It's not appropriate for children. Um, sex is not appropriate. Yeah, but um, but it's it's basically laying the foundations mm -hmm. for negotiation. So towards the end of the chapter, Arlo kind of says, it builds up and then Arlo says, I actually want to go to the park with Duke, the dog. I, I, I don't want to finish today. And, and Kit says, well, you said you would. You can't just change your mind. And when Vanessa takes this scenario into classrooms, half the, and she says, is it okay that, that Arlo changed his mind? And half the kids are kind of like, well, no, he said he was going to finish, you know, and the other, other kids are going, no, yeah, it's, he can change his mind. So it's, it, it's, it's like genuinely a, it's a fraught, it's tricky, you know, but what needs to happen with that example is that we need, we need to get better and we need to internalise and kids need to learn this sort of, um, it, I guess it's sort of social and emotional intelligence, isn't it? And it's, and it's about um, interactions and the way we interact. Mm. Um, so but it's really powerful, yeah, but it's really powerful because I, I wish I'd, you know, been taught this when I was a kid because it's okay to change your mind. And this is with anything mm. and everything in life. Mm. And it's so powerful for someone to say, well, you can think this way or want this, but it's also just as legitimate to change your mind. And when, because everyone says, you know, you've got to stick to your word, you've got to be a person of your word. And to an extent that's true, but how powerful is it to say, well, you can actually at any point change your mind and that's okay it, and you don't have to justify it in some cases it's it's amazing that's right and like since i've been working with vanessa and kind of thinking about these concepts i've really been um noticing in my adult life how much how, like i've changed my behavior so that yes. i've become more assertive or at least i've noticed when i've sort of agreed to something or not wanted to change my mind perhaps mm -hmm. and just haven't or so i've really noticed that I thought I was pretty clear in my communication and I thought I was a good communicator, but I, I realised that it, it's very nuanced, you know. It's so not black and white. No. But there's so many times where things like that, the changing your mind and, uh, and all the others, like it's it, as adults we need to learn it too. Yeah, absolutely. And I just feel like we've been conditioned as women to feel guilt, to feel shame and to be all the time apologetic for everything and yeah. I read this article which absolutely blew my mind and I consider myself a confident feminist woman but still I was doing things that are apologetic you know I would be writing work emails that say oh just checking in to see if you can meet me again um like we'd already planned and was in the calendar just checking in oh apologies for disturbing you oh women God, do yes. this all the time why are we always apologizing for everything even in our professional lives and so and I still, you know, because you grow up, I don't know how this happens, but you grow up doing this. And even now I have to make a conscious choice not to write those emails in an apologetic way. Isn't that mind-blowing? Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's so amazing. And, yeah, you have to be really make a conscious shift and kind of my friend, because I often apologise too, and my, my friend, really good friend recently just said to me, Ingrid, don't don't apologize. She doesn't mean don't ever apologize yeah, by of any course. means. There's places by any for means. It, definitely. Yeah, but don't let it be your default. It's, exactly. You know, yeah. And it is. It's your default. Oh, I'm sorry to disturb you. Like yeah. I'm, I'm emailing you. If if you're checking your email, I'm not disturbing you. You're choosing to check your email. It's just a very, a mm. very weird space. And and you know, you keep learning these things. And mm. you think, wow, I, I was doing this and I I don't even know how that happened to me, but we're obviously conditioned in some way 
to always be apologetic and with consent, like the most powerful thing I think we can learn as adults and, and our kids can learn is the withdrawal of consent. Yeah. Because that just wasn't a thing when I was growing up. If you said yeah. you were going to do something, you just had to follow through and do it. And yeah. it's awful. And, it's, and it is conditioning for, like you said, it's like it's conditioning and it's, it's from a young age. And that's why, like when I was talking to Vanessa about writing the book, she actually was like, no, we want to start at age four or five. Yeah, That's, that's what she wanted to do. And we, we might end up doing that one. But I, I wanted to do sort of more, more the readership that I'm used to crafting the stories mm. for, which is, and also it's a great age to, to to do it um with them but um yeah it's 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 conditioning and it's Mm. and that's why I guess like with the with the book the whole thing is that it's if children can be drawn in by a story that they're engaging if they're loving the story they're going to kind of be engaged in the story and read the story and and sort of accidentally or secretly Mm. be learning and internalizing through because storytelling is such a great way for to, to get messaging Absolutely. Across and lived, not lived experience, the experience of the characters, mm. the, the reader can kind of go on this journey with them. I hate the word journey, but yes, <laughs> I'm so overused. Yeah. But it's true, it's true. And even, you know, from a very early age of my children, it was like when when you want someone to stop tickling you, for example, they need to stop tickling you. Totally. Even when relatives come to the door and there's that sort of culture of, I'll give you Arnie a kiss. Yep. No, you don't have to do that. And, you know, explaining yep. that to people, they don't often understand. But I'm always saying, if they don't want to give you a kiss today, I'm sorry, they're not going to give you a kiss. That's right. And, <laughs> you know, and, and those exactly and those examples are great because they, they're sort of symbolic of a broader way of thinking, right? Mm. Because they express that, that, that because what that says is that, we, that we're not thinking in, in a bigger picture, there should be an outlook in which there is mutual respect. Yeah. There should there should never be an assumption that it's that there are all these assumptions like that might involve physically hugging someone or not. But but those assumptions they go into all aspects of your life when you're engaging interacting with other people. And so th- those are examples um, that we kind of we go oh consent means yes or no. I mean that's the other thing that is really important to Vanessa and to this book that the the person being offered or being kind of it's not the it's not up to the person who's has to say no yeah it's not up to them to be the gatekeeper of the yes or the no it's actually up to both people and that's really important yeah and so because it's 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 also the person pressuring or suggesting something and particularly if they have a sense that maybe the other person really doesn't want it and and it's that it's up to that person to keep checking in as well. Yes. And the enthusiastic Mm. yes, that really rang true for me when I heard about the enthusiastic yes, because, Mm. you know, sometimes the yes can come under pressure or conditions or power or power imbalance. Totally, yeah. And so I think really understanding what that enthusiastic yes is and continuing to check in with that enthusiastic yes is really important. It's, you know, a yes. Sometimes you'll say a yes can be you can, you, it can be oh okay, but your whole body is feeling mm. like or think you're thinking no. So mm. it's so nuanced, and 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 that's why we need to get good at sort of we need to get good at communication on a really um, quite a sophisticated in in a quite a sophisticated way in which children are perfectly capable of doing. Yeah, they 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 they're, they're highly intuitive, and um, yeah. as learners, you know, their brains are firing fast all the time, so yeah. they get it. They learn it, you know, really fast. And just being honest and being vulnerable and, mm. you know, being okay with people's choices. And I think it is just, like I said before, it is just 
it, it's a game changer and it really does help that help develop that sense of self you know and I feel that as an adult woman yeah. still developing that sense of self and look I hope I'm always developing that sense of self but even the things that kids are being taught I wish I was taught about the withdrawal of consent about the enthusiastic yes about being both people's choices about stop apologizing for every single yeah. you know thing that you do and so I was really developing that sense of self and when you let go of all that how liberating and powerful does that feel absolutely that's right and like so in the story kit um one of the, the well one of the two protagonists um you know she's at the start she's unwilling to tell her best friends the things that she that she'd rather go to book club than stand up club and she'd rather um you know sit at the front of the classroom because her, she doesn't have great she's got bad eyes she's you know she's got she's her vision is she needs to be close to the whiteboard, but her friends like being up the back and she doesn't want to displease them mm -hmm. because it might threaten the friendship. And so there are all these ways in which Kit doesn't want to um, have, assert her true wants and needs. Mm. And this is what people do often. All it's, the you time. know, all and that's the time. such a gendered thing, though, Ingrid. It like, is gendered. All the time about women and mothers, particularly, don't get me started on this mm. topic, but yeah. women always yeah. sacrificing themselves for their children, women always putting themselves last, women always trying to please other people. And we've been conditioned to do that. And yeah. it wasn't until I became a mother that I went, if I, if I put myself last, my mental health and anxiety is going to be so bad, everybody's going to be last. Yeah, it's so interesting, you know, and, and yet yeah. we and yet we do that. Yeah, and then you go on a plane. I love this analogy because I'm on a plane a lot. Yeah, yeah. You fit your face mask first before you help anybody else. Now, this should be life, you know. And I've always sort of instilled this value in my children that everyone in the house is a valued equal, valued equally in the house. You know, so it's not just about taking them to a million soccer games or whatever it is mm. they're doing. It's also about me having my time as well. Mm. And so I think instilling those values of we're all important in the house and we all need our own time and we all need the things that light us up and make us alive is, is good for our mental health. You know, and you hear so many stories about postnatal anxiety and depression because we've been told you put yourself last, you sacrifice everything for your children. And I just, as much as we love our children, you know, we need to love ourselves as well. You know, I saw this story on Instagram the other day, Ingrid, it'll blow your mind. Mm. It said, if you were asked to list all the things that you love, how long would it take before you said yourself? Oh, I just got shivers. <laughs> I'm still getting shivers. Right. Oh my God. And I, I went, I've, I've been asked this question before and you never say that. You say, oh, my children and I love, you know, the creative process and I love this I think you could say a hundred things and you may not ever say yourself. Like how sad is that? And, and you know, it's, it's interesting when you're talking about how, you know, prioritising your mental health and the value and, and that sort of um, a, that really great positive approach, um, like with the people that you love. And what's really and another thing that sort of we wanted to emphasise in the story and what Vanessa really wanted to emphasise, Vanessa Hamilton, by the way, is my incredible co-writer, I haven't said her full name before, but <laughs> is the extremely positive nature of asserting your what's your actually going on in your mind or what your wants and needs are. Because when you know where you stand with someone, so what happens by the end of the book is that, so, you know, there's this huge drama where basically um, Kit's nemesis, a kid who doesn't have boundaries and is essentially effect effectively due to anxiety and various other reasons, poor role modelling, is quite a bully and he um, uh, he intimidates her um, uh, by the end. So he ends up, at the, early on, he moves in next door and so she's 
has to then contend with that and their whole um, relationship shifts so that they learn by the end of the book about themselves and how to interact etc um but so it's about the the so how much more positive is it when you know how someone actually feels mm. about you know coming out tonight or yeah you know saying um whatever it is whatever it is but um also like you say how much more positive if each individual um what represents their truth for mm. want of a sort of less absolutely sort of yeah yeah that's true and how much yeah. more fun is it when you're with someone who really wants to be there you know yeah. and if someone doesn't want to be there with me I don't yeah. want to be there either. You know, I only want you to be there if, if you're 100% in. Otherwise, exactly. it's not going to be good for anybody, you know. Exactly. And while this while this book is for children and it doesn't talk about sex, it, it it's setting um, setting kids up for their intimate relationships as they move into yep. teenage, adolescence and young adulthood. And on that note, why would you want to be in a sexual activity? Why wouldn't it? How much better would it be, right? You both wanted to be there. You both wanted to be there. <laughs> you know, why would you want us? you know yeah why would you want to be there if it's not an enthusiastic yes also like she talks about how the two most important parts of the body for sexuality are the brain and the skin oh i love how good is that tell me more well just that i mean yeah just that it's about connection isn't it well that's when that's when it's hot yeah yeah and intimacy and and yeah can it can't be connection can you not not for sex (laughs) (laughs) well you know like it's so much better when there's well, also communication and, yeah. and under, understanding. And, and that's where and that intimacy comes from because you're right, intimacy doesn't necessarily come from sex. Intimacy comes from all those other things, you know, the connection yeah. emotionally and intellectually and, and yeah. you know, being honest and vulnerable. That's yeah. where intimacy comes from. Sex is just that next layer, I guess. And I guess look, we could, and these are, and I guess these are our opinions, and everyone, of course, is, and people um, have different, and there are different kinds of sexual experiences that you have, and sometimes it's less about an an, an emotional connection, or yeah, and it might be more just in a physical expression, mm-hmm. etc. And and it's interesting, which if consensual is completely fine. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> um, uh, but also, yeah, it's everyone is every experience is different, and but I, I love that there is that we're getting better. I hope and yeah, think that think there's so. more discussion, and yep. for, for young people, thank God. I feel jealous that I didn't get all these mm. talks when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, totally, and also, yeah, just the fluidity, the fluid nature of of sexuality and yep. how it can be shifting, and that's that's just the way it actually Absolutely. is. And hopefully, for, nature. yeah, hopefully for our kids, that will all just be how life is. You know, there won't yeah. be any talk about anything you know not being used to it and I remember marriage equality and just being very open with my kids who were quite young at the time and I said well if you want to get married to whoever you want to get married to who should stop you yeah you know as easy as that that's how easy the conversation was and so they've grown up with that idea of yes if you want to get married or you want to make these choices and both people are wanting to do that well then you do it yeah and for and how interesting is it that kids just so they they're not phased by that concept. No, they're not remotely. They, they were if, phased. If anything, yeah, exactly. By by, uh-huh. by not being allowed. They were like you, they yeah. they were saying. So you can't marry who yeah. you want to. Yeah, exactly. That's where they're. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> done something exactly. right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, good. And, and my it used to blow my mind. It's like, what business is it of mine if the people across the road? are doing what they do like why do mm. i get a vote on that you know yeah. even even that idea of of you know voting on whether someone should be able to get married it's like well what does that have to do with me yeah 
you know, like it's just a bizarre concept, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I guess um, something that I'm so not an expert on, but something that I know I love listening to my co-writer talk about is is gender-based violence um, against women by by men. So yeah. while, while we don't want to have like, you know, binary conversations in relation to consent, but the, the reality is this epidemic, it's not, I mean, whether it's, I guess it is an epidemic and it's extreme and it's off the charts and we're finding out more and more about it and we're getting a better and more complex understanding of it. Um, but it absolutely relates to this we need to this is what so vanessa sort of talks about and this is my terrible wording of her amazing wording um but why why it's so important you know as important as ever um that we educate kids really at a really young age to change this to change this because you know i think she says and i don't know if she's quoting someone else but she says that um it all starts with disrespect is my really yes It doesn't all end in violence, but it all starts with disrespect. I, I read that the other day and I, right, that just right. really resonated with me. Yeah. I, I read that, you know, domestic violence isn't always what, you know, we expect it to be. Sometimes it is just that continual disrespect for a person or that making that person small. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Jess, Jess Hill's book, um, See What You Made Me Do, mm, was really blew yeah. me away. Yeah. I, I, I learned so much from that. Yeah. You know, we hear about one woman in Australia being killed by their partner a week. And and so often on the news it's just, oh, oh and there's another woman, another woman, another woman. Like, what? It's, it's just. Oh, it's it's awful, you know. Yeah. And, and yeah. I just, oh, I, I wish I had the solutions to it, but I don't. But I think having the conversations about it and and and, but, and, and it's about respectful relationships. Yes, this is the, it actually it actually absolutely. is. It, I mean, it's about a lot of things, and and you know, but that's but a it, starting point, isn't it? Well, surely, you know, yeah, surely. Um, if 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 maybe if kids can, as a young age, can develop and internalize a really strong emphasis that of a default of respect for the people in their lives, that's the default, then surely that's going to make a difference, right? Yeah. Surely that's going to make a difference about how they are in relationships. Yeah. And respecting yourself. I love that idea of developing a sense of self because I think that yeah. goes with that respectful relationship, you know, having respect for yourself and then having respect yeah. for all the people that you're, you know, in a relationship with or platonic relationships or, you know, yeah, yeah. sexual relationships. Absolutely. Yeah. And and for boys and men, you know, and these, oh, totally. these terrible, these terrible role models for of, you know, of toxic, toxic masculinity. Yeah. Um that are so pervasive and you know they're just everywhere or all around and there's um like uh, vanessa talks about um a an a a, what is it a non-consent culture that we have yeah i think that's not even the right wording but something like we're currently that's what we currently have that's terrifying yeah yeah Mm. and it's terrifying you know no matter what children you have you know (laughs) yeah and it's yeah it's terrifying thought but what what is radical is that um so consent education has become mandatory is is currently mandatory in victorian schools and it has become mandatory australia-wide from the start of 2023 so Mm -hmm. that is incredible it is incredible Um, it's really positive so Mm -hmm. it's being how that will actually manifest and how that will look and how it will be written into the curriculum and how teachers will uh, attend to and how much is is the next question um and i'm just going to take this opportunity to say like this resource kitnalo is like it, that, the great thing about it is so a lot of teachers don't feel equipped to talk about or teach consent and why would they okay that's yeah. fair enough and so i guess the beauty of what we have created is it's 
You just read the chapter, go to the flip to the back of the book or to the website, and there are your discussion prompts, writing prompts, um, the questions. And it's sort of, it's, re it's really uh, teacher friendly. It's also parent friendly. So a parent can just like go to the back and read the prompts. So there's such a need for this. And th there is a lot of consent education material out there. There is absolutely a lot. And there's a lot of people working in, in the sector. Um, what's unique about this is that it's done with the use of a narrative, an engaging narrative. Yeah. So that's why we're excited about it. And there's a lot of, it's it's um, getting a lot of interest, which is fantastic. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm really excited about it too. And having mm. children as well, I'm excited about it. And just, you know, being, um, you know, being in the world, I just think it's so important. You know, I think we're mm. still learning about all this stuff because, you know, this, this wasn't here when I was a kid. No, I wish it was. I think it would have changed a lot of my relationships mm. and a lot of my experiences. So Isn't that just so interesting? Me too. Mm. And, and that, that would have changed kind of the course of your life and yeah so Vanessa talks about rewriting like that young people get to when she says we need to rewrite the consent story mm. and that we need to equip children or young people to write their own narrative or, or write their own story yeah you know in relation to their interactions and their relationship their relationships with other people and mm. so so positive yeah absolutely mm. I love this I love this so much and I mm. I feel like I need to have a conversation with Vanessa too <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yes you do she's we that's right well yes yes yeah no i feel like you're writing such an important book and you know i think it was really important to talk about it we did go on some tangents that was expected not as many tangents as we did before we hit record <laughs> <laughs> which shall never see the light of day well <laughs> oh <laughs> Never, in some form they may well yes never 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 do a live stream with ingrid and i <laughs> Unless you've got your armor on, yes. Unless you, um, unless I prepared, you prepared to <laughs> expect uh, the unexpected. Best worst influence. Best, best worst influence. Worst, worst influence. <laughs> yeah, best worst influence. Now, something else that came up today: Bailey Finch takes a stand, shortlisted for the Wilderness Society Environment Award. What? What? Yeah, so just an hour or so ago. How um, cool's that? I'm a little bit. I'm so chuffed. Um, Congratulations! You think, uh, so look, yeah, it's um, it's it's incredibly um, it's a huge honour. It's fantastic. So, um, it, it was yeah. That's a whole other story. But yeah, Bailey super excited stand. for you. Yeah, thank you, great. thank you. I feel it's like great. all these wonderful things are happening and so well deserved as well. You, know, you get the shortlist for this great story, and then you've got this amazing story coming out that is so important for our kids and so important for society. And then you know, leading, you've got all those extra bits in it too. You know, there's discussion points and teacher resources as well as just a story, so you can kind of delve into it at any layer you want. Yeah, that's right. Um, and it's sort of like, as you can see, but people can't, but it's just like a chapter book, you know, it's like yeah. a middle grade chapter book. Yeah. And it's just a story, right? It's just, you know, a really engaging story. Yeah. And it's just like, but oh, wait, at the back, there's like really catchy, accessible, adapt, you know, that parents or teachers can adapt to yeah. their kids or their cohort of, a part of students. So yeah, we're hoping it, we're hoping to get it into the hands of tons of kids. Yeah. And kids yeah. are smart. And like stuff. kids get it. Mm. Well, a question I ask everybody, Miss Ingrid Laguna, mm. Mm. you scared? You should am, be. Am I scared? Yeah, you're oh, scared. Oh, uh, very, yes. I'm you shouldn't be yes. because we're recording. I'll ask you all those other questions uh -huh. when we're not recording. Um, you write, yeah. you know, important stories about important things, but why do you write? Uh, I certainly don't write with the intention of being important. Um, 
<laughs> you know, I don't write with the intention of educating. And I don't mean to be, I just, that's, you know, usually, I mean, this book has been very different because um, I did set out with a, a passionate kind of cause, I guess. Mm. Um, but I write because I love playing with words. And I love just the, the experience of, you know, you have, you write a sentence or a paragraph and then, and then you go, well, how can I make this better? And you change it and you move the words around or you add some words and then it gets, it kind of, it starts to come sort of have a life of its own. It has a bit of a rhythm or, or it shows an insight or, and it's just this sort of, I'm not going to say magic, but I am going to say magic. Say magic. Say magic, it. magic. Um, and so you just have the, the, that kind of that moving words around and I just want to get better at that and mm. see what see what I can make. But there is magic in it. I don't care how yeah. it sounds. I think when you start with an idea and then you start really, maybe this is just me, a terrible first draft, terrible second and third draft. Everyone, And then yes. finally the magic, you see, yeah. if you keep working and working and working yes. at it and getting the right advice to people who know what you're trying to do, I think magic does happen. And how special is that moment when you've worked on something for so long and you go, oh, that doesn't yes. suck anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I actually really want to know what you're working on next now that your your first one's out and about. My oh, extraordinary mum. Turn the tables on me, Laguna. Oh, yeah, I think you should just a little bit, a little bit. Come on, we all want to know. We all want to know. Um, well, there's a series that I wrote to brief. Of course, my extraordinary mum was meant to be quirky, but obviously, I was so passionate about this topic about you know women and the perceptions of women and stereotypes of mums and motherhood, etc. You know, it came out to have quite a message in it as well. And so then I took a bit of a departure and wrote something to brief um, for James from Larrikin House. Um, he always wanted a story about an unlucky dad. So we very carefully said we don't want a dad who's hopeless or hapless. That's old and tired. But we want a dad who's enthusiastic and engaged and optimistic and wonderful. But he just has really bad luck, which is actually based on my own dad. Yeah. I spent a lot of my life in emergency wards with him being injured from sport um, or whatever he was doing because he, you know, just always goes hard at life. And so wow. I thought this could be really funny and write about, you know, this man who's kind of based upon my dad who was always so having a dislocated shoulder or something. So so good. I hope it's called The Unlucky Dad. It is. Oh, my God, I love it. The Unlucky Dad. And then I'm having a crack at junior fiction. Yeah. Oh, I'm just having a crack at it. So Yeah, yeah great. Yeah, why not? Oh, why I, not? I, I want to talk more, but yes. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, of course, the first draft is the yeah that's what, that's what first drafts are yeah you know when i do author talks with kids i just do one of the you know the, the, the just let the words on the page and it will be shitty or oh, i don't I, I may not say that in the classroom will be not. average below average it, or it, it may be it may may not be but whatever it is um you've got to let the words out yeah it, and then it'll change later and, and it will uh, get better and better and better you know you just if you keep turning keep, up Keep, oh, I love that. Keep turning up. And Just my son is a great sounding board who says to me, Mum, that's not funny at all. <laughs> In fact, that's trash. And I, I, I go, oh, okay. Like, heart's, heart's a little bit broken, but you know what? He's right. And I read it uh. back. I'm like, oh, wow, he's right. So before I pitch anything to my publisher, I read it to my kids and I check their laugher meter. If they're not laughing, scratch that, scratch that. If they're laugh laughing, keep that, make that a bit bigger. Uh -huh, uh -huh. They tell me it's boring. They're right. 
So uh -huh. I don't know what I'm going to do when my kids are beyond the age I'm riding for. I'll have to get some just new ones. Ditch them. <laughs> ditch them. Find some others. You just, you just, I, look, great, I know. Great like, sounding When my daughter was young, I, had, I got her and her friends were like a little crew of a focus group that I could just talk to about them a book idea. And then they all got a bit older and they're like, man, I'm interested. We're teenagers. We're teenagers. <laughs> Can we? Whatever. And so, you know, I had to, then I had like, I found the kid across the road and she was like 10. Oh, and, yes. and then my teenage daughter was like, oh, you love it so much. <laughs> Is this funny? Tell me, is this funny, yeah, yeah. 10-year-old? Yeah, yeah, 10-year-old, 10-year-old, help. And luckily, and, if my 10-year-old finds it funny, James from Larrikin House finds it funny. Yeah. I don't know what that says <laughs> about him. Yeah, don't know what that says about him at all. <laughs> <laughs> Who would know? <laughs> so thank you, thank you so much. I love chatting to you about all this stuff. We sound like very serious worldly women in group oh we're very serious knew the truth <laughs> that we are serious and oh, very politically correct yes all the time all of that all, all the, the time, time. very and serious we're all about doing the right thing it's good <laughs> don't say that sarcastically we really are <laughs> worst best influence best worst, worst influence best worst influence <laughs> i'm getting a t-shirt made for us next time I we meet hell yes and it's gonna be matching Yes. Um, sort of, oh, we what it's going to say. We have to do it. it. We have to do it. <laughs> it's so good. Maybe we'll catch on and everyone will wear a best, worst influence t shirt. Yeah. And but people can have the option of having the worst, best influence, and that'll be the boring people. But then everyone else can <laughs> have the best, worst influence. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time and chatting about all things, not only your books, but all about those important societal things and having a laugh, which is what we frequently mm -hmm. do. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Danny. And rest up, love. <laughs> You're busy, busy girl. Impossible, I can't. Yeah, no, you can't. Take that. I take it back. Forget it. Do it. Keep running. Keep running. <laughs> Bye.